Hello and welcome to a new instalment of the White House Advisor and in today's episode we're going to be talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's future as Manchester United manager and whether or not, well simply, whether he has one. Well there is nowhere else to begin this conversation other than the absolute thrashing that Manchester United took from Liverpool on Sunday. 5-0 in their own backyard. There is no word that is off the table to describe that Manchester United performance disgraceful, embarrassing, cataclysmic. I mean, I don't really care. I'm a Wolves supporter. I find it quite funny, to be honest. But all those words are on the table. That It was it was horrendous. And it had been building for a while. They've had results that have papered over the cracks, like the win in the week over Atalanta. But also, I mean, they've had defeats straight out. You know, they lost to Leicester quite comfortably last week. But it was just... They were a level below Liverpool. Levels, levels below Liverpool. And this wasn't even a Liverpool team that's that strong. Mane, not in the starting eleven. Cater and Milner in midfield to start with. No Fabinho. I mean, it was really, really bad. And I think there's been a bit of retrospective bias on this and retrospective, uh, you know, opinions where, you know, people are just using, taking advantage of the moment to pile in, but... I really thought it was it, and it seems from the latest info leaking out this afternoon that he is going to have another chance as Manchester United manager. I mean, Antonio Conte's PR team have been working 24-7 with uh, the iconic Fabrizio Romano on Twitter to get his name out there in circulation for the job. According to Fabrizio Romano on Twitter, Solskjaer took the training session at the Manchester United training ground today with Sir Alex in attendance, and the feeling is the same. He's going to stay. Man United are prepared to give him another chance. But it doesn't sound too healthy. I think the big downfall of that game was, I mean, I mean for Man United, it was Mo Salah. The guy, I think we, I always struggle when people say, oh, he's the best player in the world at the moment. Because how do you define at the moment? Is it the last weekend? Is it like the last month? Is it since the start of the season? And if he's the best player right now in the world, why is he not just the best player full stop? But... Regardless, if we're thinking about the best player so far this season across the world, it is Mo Salah. The guy walks on water. He is incredible. Absolutely ridiculous. It never feels like he's going to miss when he has a chance at the moment. And, I mean, he hasn't, you know, obviously he's always scored goals, but he's been a little bit wasteful in the past, but there's just a killer edge to him at the moment. And, obviously, that was part of Man United's downfall. And also the fact that he played on the right-hand side against a pretty terrible Man United left-sided defence with Maguire and Shaw. These are two players that in the summer coming out of the Euros, I thought, I mean, maybe each of them are the, one of the best five players in their their respective positions in the world. I mean, they were fantastic at the Euros, but they were pulled apart. And obviously most of this, I would say, stems from Harry Maguire's lack of fitness. So obviously he's had this injury, he was rushed back and put in the team for the last three games now, but he still doesn't look fit. And every time Shaw was covering him and being dragged out and he was leaving these gaping, gaping spaces for Liverpool to exploit, which we saw with, I mean, almost all the goals came from that side. Uh, and the Maguire thing's complicated because I think if he hadn't played him, because obviously Solskjaer's weighed up with the fact that I need this guy's voice. He's the leader of our team on paper as the club captain. We need him. And he is also really good. You know, I was probably over-exaggerating when I think they're one of the five best players in the world in their positions, but he is really good. I don't care what anybody says. He is really good when he is fit. He's one of the best in the world. No doubt about it from my point of view. But if he hadn't played him, Ollie, 
it would have been, oh, how, how come you didn't play Maguire? You've got an £80 million defender on the bench. You know, he can't win. But it was really, really awful from Maguire and Shaw. And it was where that Liverpool victory stemmed from. I don't want to take credit away from him because, I mean, Jordan Henderson also was insane. Insane. His pass and the work he did up to the fifth goal, I mean, it, it's marvellous, you know, irrespective of who that player was. You know, it could have been De Bruyne, it would have been excellent by his standards. But this is Jordan Henderson, a player in the past who's had a lot of stick by a lot of people who don't watch a lot of football but have got big mouths and like to spout about it. So, Jordan Henderson's a wonderful player, but Man United don't take away from the fact that Ollie made big mistakes and Man United were awful. I think Manchester United's team selection in general wasn't that bad, dare I say. I think it was right to leave Paul Pogba out and he proved that when he came on. We can have a, we can talk about that in a moment, but he picked, you know, I think McTominay and Fred, right, Fred's another player I think's actually quite good. I know his passing's pretty bad and he's in bad form at the moment, but I think Fred's good. I think he's effective. But once again, because he's under this Manchester United spotlight and he's got so many people piling on him when he makes a mistake, everybody comes to this collective decision that he's bad. He isn't. He's good. He's not great. He's nowhere near Jordan Henderson or any midfielders like that. But he isn't that bad. McTominay was awful, and I like McTominay as well. I think he's a good physical player. He's better when he can get forward, but there's only so many players he can put forward. I think the Ronaldo thing's interesting again because there's been, once again, this retrospective bias on Ronaldo and these people having opinions after the fact. You sign Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't care what people say, and we and all these people talking about pressing, thinking like, you know, they're, you know, footballing experts just because they hear it on the telly, then they go and regurgitate it to their friends and it creates this like knock-on effect on social media and things like that. Ronaldo, this is the reason why he's still good at 36. He doesn't press that hard. Greenwood, it's a different question. Because sometimes we can say, oh, we should work harder. But these players, I don't, you know, I'm not going to insult their intelligence. They know what's best for their game. But Ronaldo in particular, this is a 36-year-old. Would he still be scoring the uh, scoring the amount of goals he does? I mean, as good as he is, if he'd ran around like a headless chicken for all of his career? No. People say he's never pressed. He did. Under Mourinho, he was a workaholic. But this is a different Ronaldo. And people saying that they shouldn't have signed him, you're crazy. You are just crazy. Man United are going to be a better team for having Cristiano Ronaldo this season than they would be without. You are just trying to be controversial. I don't think it will... I mean, he makes them a better team, but I don't think he would really influence where they finish in the league. I think they're fourth no matter what. Even if they keep Oli, they're still going to be fourth. If they sack him and bring in whoever, they're going to be fourth, I think. No matter if it is Antonio Conte, who would be my choice if I was a Manchester United fan or a you know director of the board. But I think Ronaldo, yeah, elevates the team and gives them X factor. But you cannot criticise it. It is just wild to criticise Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just wild. And don't give, I won't give Oli Gunnar Solskjaer any criticism for that. Now, I think Oli was right to keep Pogba on the bench as well. Well, not keeping because he obviously came on, but leave him on the bench because I don't think he could afford to have all that attacking talent out on the field against Liverpool. I don't think he's that effective from a midfield position against a team like that with uh, such high intensity. And I love Paul Pogba. I love, I've been a stern defender of Paul Pogba since he came back to England. I mean, I saw him in 2012 before he left Man United the first time. And you know, you're constantly in awe of this guy who's so big and this elegant on football. And he's been constantly miscast as a player since his emergence as a top-level player. But 
we'll leave that for another discussion, but God, he is so frustrating. You could see that tackle coming a mile away. I mean, he's already done it this season. He did it against my team and they got away with it. Didn't get away with it today. I mean, obviously, the game was already gone. The only, you know, negative impacts that red card will be the three games he misses, but it might be a good thing, but it was so predictable. You could see it coming a mile away because so often that lad just lets his head get the best of him, unfortunately. And I think Ollie made the right choice leaving him on the bench, but it just makes for such a complicated situation and doesn't make his job any easier any easier at all and it would be best not to forget that Paul Pogba arguably played the best football of his career under Ali Gunn and Solskjaer when he was first appointed three years ago he never really got going under Mourinho I think that's been widely acknowledged and whether or not it was the best football of his career is very much debatable whether you want to compare it with his time at Juventus but as soon as spotlight he has here in England those first couple of months he was the best player in the Premier League from when Oli took over in December 2018 to about the February and March 2019 According to my memory, he was just unbelievable. And then it all tailed off again, and it's, it goes with peaks and troughs with Pogba. It's been like Ollie's time at Man United. They've looked unstoppable, then hit a brick wall, and they go into this massive trough, and they're awful, and they do something that pulls them out. It was a similar thing before the sign Fernandez. They were going peaking, and then they were hitting bad results, bad result, bad result, bad result, sign Bruno, and then suddenly this upturn, and they look unstoppable. But Pogba has argued, like I said, Arguably the best he's ever been under Ali, but you know we've done enough defending him now. Let's it's time to make some criticism. I think there's no other way of looking at this than acknowledging that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is an incredibly fortunate manager. The you know the job that he got from the job that he was coming from and the history that he had as Molder manager and as a sacked Cardiff City manager. I mean it's incredible what that he got a chance to be Manchester United manager, but that's not to say that he hasn't done anything decent for the club. There's been progression each year, no two ways about it. And we can argue and say that he's a simpleton and that he, you know, he says, come on lads, as his team talk. But there is, you know, he is ultimately a big time manager of a big club. He would have been found out by now. And he's a functional manager, but he's not one that's going to win big trophies. And I don't think anybody's wrong in saying that. You know, he's never going to be able to compete with Guardiola or Klopp and Man United have always been treading on water and just, you know, watching time go by as their manager. I'm not going to be unfair to him because people, you know, acting like he's a moron. Acting like he's been pulled off the street. He's got no clue. The guy played professional football for 20 years, almost, and, you know, he's managed in some really big moments and he's taken Man United to, well, he's easily Man United's, you know, most successful manager post-Ferguson or although that isn't really much of an achievement. Although he hasn't won any trophies. He doesn't have the trophies, but you have to see past it. He's built an infrastructure in Man United. He built an environment that Ronaldo wanted to come back to, which I think is really important and really underrated. If you think about where Man United were when Jose Mourinho left in December 2018, and I say this as a big Mourinho fan, it was disastrous. The club was toxic. The club was unhappy. I mean, it is again now, arguably, but the club was... I mean, it was a horrible place. And, you know, I say this from no you know, inside knowledge, but it was obvious. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to cultivate an environment and bring in the players and build a culture almost again that would attract Cristiano Ronaldo back is an incredible achievement. And I think that's a good enough legacy to leave behind as Manchester United manager because I think they need to move on. And whether they will sooner or later, I mean, sooner or later they will. Every manager gets sacked. That's just the short way about it. They do. And I think it'll be sooner rather than later that it'll be gone. 
where which direction Man United will, will go. I would want Antonio Conte if I was Manchester United supporter, like I said. Although there are concerns then about the short-termness that he seems to have at places. But Conte is the most talented on the market. I like Zidane, but I just don't think the CV's there. But once again, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been a solid manager for Manchester United. He has built an environment, like I said, that attracts Cristiano Ronaldo. Even though he's been pretty woeful so far, Jadon Sancho, Rafael Varane, he deserves an incredible, incredible amount of credit for that. And people could say, oh, my God, they're the biggest club in the world. They'll be getting these players anyway. But that isn't necessarily true. It isn't necessarily true. And I think Oli deserves credit, but I agree that it is time to go. But I think people need to stop being so irrational and, frankly, disrespectful of Oli. I know it's tough for Man United fans. You just lost 5 0 in your own backyard to your biggest rivals. But this guy brought Ronaldo back, and this is a player who, you know, on paper should win your league titles. I don't think he will, but he should. 